All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in partnership with Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here today with co-host father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. Excited about this guest. Uh, I don't want to steal thunder. Go to the intro, and then we might talk about, uh, you know, why I'm excited to have this guy on. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're excited to have with us Kyle Rhodes. So Kyle played junior hockey in the OHL for the Gulf Storm from 2015 to 2017, and then finished off his junior career of the Sudbury Wolves from 2018 to two, uh, 2017 to 2018. After graduating from junior hockey, Kyle went on to sign his first pro contract with the Indy Fuel and Tulsa Oilers in the ECHL during that last hail of the season. He played the following season with Tulsa Oilers and since then have suited up for several competitive teams in the ECHL. He is now currently playing for Wichita Thunder this season, and uh, we can't wait to see him play when he's back at the BOK Center in Tulsa. Yep. We watched him play in Tulsa, so huge reason why we're excited. So please welcome our guest today, Kyle Rhodes. Kyle, how you doing today, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. So we're excited to have you. I know we talked a little bit off air, but, uh, you know, we enjoyed watching you play for a year, year and a half here in Tulsa, not too long ago. And uh, with Chris uh, Orbit, how do you, how do you say his Order body. Order body. Man, when he said that you guys are best buds and we said, Hey, do you think you can hook us up with Kyle, man? That'd be great. And he was like, sure. So I'm glad it worked out, but a big shout out to Chris. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. For that. So Kyle, starting from the beginning, um, and correct me if I'm wrong is with any of this information, but as a native of Virginia, how did you get involved with the OHL and what made you commit to that league for the next four years to develop as a player? Um, that is a good question. Truthfully, I don't even know how I got involved in the OHL. Um, <laughs> no, I, I uh, growing up in my teenage years. Um, so my dad, you know, to, I guess start from the beginning, he, he played division one hockey at St. Lawrence for a year. He actually ended up flunking out of school. I uh, wasn't a big school guy, um, but he was from the Philadelphia area. Uh, he actually grew up, you know, with Mike Richter, the goalie, you know, one of the best goalies of all time there. And, uh, you know, he, he went on to play prep school, played uh, division one college, ended up, you know, college wasn't for him. Um, ended up moving to Virginia from the Philadelphia area and started his business there. And, you know, back in, I guess, the 90s there, that's when kind of hockey started to come up in Virginia, and that's when I was born. Um, we had, you know, the Richmond Renegades. They were a great ECHL team back in the day, and a lot of those guys, I guess, retired, lived in the Richmond area, started the programs there, you know, opened up some rinks. And, yeah, so I grew up, I guess, playing through the Richmond hockey, you know, youth hockey, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then – you know, growing up, I was always a, one of the better players, and, you know, I put my heart and soul into it as a kid, right? That was all I ever knew. It's kind of my dad, I guess. You know, he was kind of – I wouldn't say the driver behind it, but, you know, that's what he, you know, put me and my brother in hockey at a young age, and we just kind of fell in love with it. And, you know, he did whatever he could to kind of help us out, my mom and dad there. And um, when I was about 13, we got our first AAA team in the Richmond area. And it was a U16 AAA team. And I was, you know, 13 years old at the time. And I actually ended up making the team playing there. And the coach for that team was Kevin St. Jacques. And he has a long history, played pro for 16 years. He actually played in the Western Hockey League. And at one point, he was the top scorer in the league, in the Western League. And this was, you know, the Mike Madano era of the WHL. And 
um, he kind of was the guy that was like, hey, there's, you know, the major junior hockey in Canada. You know, he thought I could be a good fit there. Um, I'm a bigger guy. I was always a you know, pretty big, big, strong kid growing up. And he would actually have, you know, some he knew some connections in the Western League. It's like, hey, I got a player, you know, down here playing and, you know, would have the guys come watch me. And then then we'd go to we'd play up north in Buffalo and they'd have American scouts in the OHL there. And, you know, teams would watch our games and stuff. And I guess somehow, you know, they were they were watching me there. And I work with a family advisor, too. And I went up and played in the OHL Cup. That's like one of the biggest, I guess, tournaments in, you know, U16 minor midget hockey. You know, this is when I was, you know, 15 or so or whatever, you know. Um, and played in that tournament. I actually only played two games and I got suspended the rest of the tournament. So I only got to play two games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, got, I got kicked out of one of the games and suspended for the rest of the tournament. Um, but then, um, you know, I guess Guelph was one of the teams that had watched me, you know, throughout the, the year, you know, in, in the New York areas when we go play there. And um, just to make things clear, too, I played on our team in Richmond on my hockey rankings was 113th place out of 117 AAA teams. So we weren't anything special. <laughs> um, and you know, I knew the possibility was there. I had like a family advisor that, you know, I'd worked with him for a couple of years. Um, just with my family, they, you know, I guess they saw me play. They're like, Hey, this, you know, guy, you know, let's po- try and point him in the right direction. And I ended up getting drafted to the OHL. And then shortly after I was drafted to the USHL as well. And, you know, my dad was a guy that was, he told, you know, he always told me if you want to, you know, pursue hockey as a career or give yourself a chance to, you know, you know, play professionally, you know, whatever, you know, the OHL isn't a bad route because you get to focus on hockey. And at the time I hate, I didn't like school either. You know, I wasn't a school guy at all. That wasn't just that, you know, that just wasn't my interest. Um, and, you know, I went to the, the, the USHL camp, which is Waterloo Blackhawks. That was the, the first camp, you know, went there, didn't make the team. Um, then I went to Guelph's camp and, you know, I guess they, they really liked me and they were like, Hey, you know, we're, you're not going to make it this year, but we'd like to sign you for next year to play here. You know, Guelph that year, um, they actually went on to the Mor- Memorial cup. You know, they have tons of guys in the NHL from that team. Um, I was like, yeah, like if you guys want me, you know, it seemed like Guelph wanted me. So I was like, me and my dad talked, it's like, yeah, let's go there. So I ended up signing in Guelph. I went back to America, played, I moved to Philadelphia to play for the junior flyers, AAA program. Um, played there for a year, then started my OHL career. So, and so, what what was that like as a teenager, um, especially as an American taking a much different route? You know, most Americans will go um, now either to the USHL if they want to go to collegiate hockey, or they do that before collegiate hockey. What was that like for you, just as a teenager growing up, having to adjust, move away, do these things, build families, and still focusing on school hockey? I mean, that's got to be pretty tough, especially you know, you're also going to a different country. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it was very tough. I mean, I'll go back to my first year away from home. I was 15, you know, I was in 10th grade moving to Philadelphia and um, the way the school, they wouldn't let me go home after the season. So I had to stay there until like late June to go to school there, which is brutal. That was tough on me as a kid. <laughs> um, 
Jeez. But it was like, because, you know, usually you play your season, you go to school there, then you move back home or whatever. But I just stayed there the whole time. And, uh, but that year it was kind of, you know, I was playing on a good team, a good AAA team. We were playing against the best teams in the country. Um, you know, it was like, you know, I was first moving away from home and, you know, there was hard things like you miss your friends, family, girlfriend back home, whatever. And then going to the OHL was actually, uh, you know, from a, I guess, away from the rink perspective was a lot easier, truthfully, because you went to school with all your teammates, you know, you hung out with all your teammates, you, you know, they put you in good homes, they really took care of you. But from a hockey standpoint, I didn't know anything about what was going on there. Uh, I remember my first preseason game, I was taking my spare sticks out to the bench and they put the guys like, it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just taking my spares out with me. He's like, this is the pros. We do that for you here. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, so, what led yeah, you, what led know. you to, um, what led you to Sudbury? Cause you, you were, you were there for almost four years yeah. and then your final year, uh, you got picked up and you went to Sudbury uh, Wolves. How did that come about? Yeah, we actually, you know, in Guelph, we, we weren't doing well my second and third year. And, you know, we had a lot of coaching changes and this and that. And we had, a, you know, a new coach come in and he was a GM as well. We had a GM slash coach chain, a coaching change. And, uh, you know, he ended up trading me to Sudbury. Uh, I guess Sudbury reached out. You know, they were not doing well either, you know, early in my career. And uh, you know, Sudbury reached out trying to get me, and yeah. So I guess I, I just got traded middle of the summer. It's my first time getting traded, so yeah. So what what is that like being traded, anyways? Especially like you're not quite at that pro level yet. I mean, is that kind of weird? Yeah, it's a lot. Like especially in juniors, I feel like your connections with with people, you know, at the rink and away from the rink, it's like family, right? Right. So it's like a lot different and pro you're, you're kind of used to it by now. You know, I've been, I've been all over the place and it's like, well, you know, right. See you guys. Maybe I'll see you. Maybe I'll see you at some point, you know? Well, it's different for you. Cause you know, you're still going to school. I, I believe around that time, unless you'd already graduated, but was there a lot of hard, difficult transition when you had to be traded at the end there? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult. Um, so my brother actually played in the GTHL uh for his minor midget year for the Don Mills Flyers and one of his teammates was from Sudbury his family was from there so when I got traded there I guess the family reached out was like hey Kyle like they knew me they were like you want to come live with us you know they had a spare bedroom so it was kind of like oh cool and they had a beautiful house right on a, a river so it was like that part was pretty easy you know it was I I guess mutually I knew somebody up there a family and they took me in and you know, it was, it, it was, they made it really, really easy on me. So it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult. Bring us through now. You're, you're signing your first pro contract. And, and I know it was a short time, I believe with, uh, with Indy fuel and then on to Tulsa, but two questions, tell us about the signing. I mean, that's a big deal. You're now professional hockey player. You're signing your first pro contract. And then what was it like transitioning from OHL to the ECHL? Because now you're playing with grown men, families to support. I mean, this is this is a pro league now. It's not, you know, kids and billet families. So kind of two-part question. Yeah. Um, um, so in terms of like the transition-wise, 
I truthfully thought the transition from major junior to pro was easier than from minor hockey to major junior. So I thought major junior did a really good job of setting me up to play pro. You know, we play a similar schedule in the OHL. We played like 68 games. It's a hard, you know, it's a hard schedule. Playoffs are seven game series, just like pro. And you're playing against, you know, guys that are signed to the NHL, some first rounders that are, you know, not, you know, I guess the, the rule in the OHL is you have to stay in the OHL until you're 20, unless you play in the NHL. So you can't go to the American league. So I guess that's like, they keep, the league really good that way. So, you know, you're playing against first round draft picks that, you know, are signed to the NHL and they're 19 years old, but they're not, you know, quite at the NHL level, but they're not allowed to go play in the American league. So it's like, you know, a lot of really, really good players. And, you know, so for me, it was a, it's much smoother transition. I thought, you know, in the OHL, my first year was kind of, it's very intimidating. A lot of, a lot of good hockey players and, you know, it's, you, you're, you know, you're playing for your job kind of, and you're 16 years old. Right. Yeah. And same thing with pro, but I felt like I could, you know, much smooth. It was much smoother, I guess, transitioning into it. And I guess signing my first deal there, I signed with Indy. I was there for a week, maybe a week and a half, uh, played one game in, in Brampton. Um, so that was kind of cool. Cause I just left Canada to go play and then I go back to Brampton and, you know, I got yeah. a few things fans of people that I know right so that was pretty neat and then you know they had guys sent down uh for I guess the playoff run and I guess Tulsa needed some players so they were like hey you know we're, we're desperate on D they signed me right away I flew into Wichita actually um so I met the team in Wichita that day I flew from Indy to Wichita I got there about five or six hours before the game you know way before the team showed up I'm just sitting here in Wichita, like, what am I doing? I went to a coffee shop, got like a sandwich or something for my pregame. Then the team ended up showing up, and I think it was like my second shift I scored. So that was my first pro goal. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So now, were you on? Um, I, I should have looked this up, and I didn't do my due diligence, Andrew. So when you're in Tulsa, were you there the run where they went to the uh, conference finals? No. I was not. No. Okay. It was two years. This was, Think. Yeah, yeah, my we didn't make the playoffs. We were right on the right on the uh, you know, right on the cut of you know fourth and fifth place in the division, <clears throat> and we you know just missed it by a by a hair there. So, talking a little of uh, just some current Tulsa players there, um, um, I think when you started playing, uh, Mike McKee, who we've had on our show, was probably just starting out and, and he was real rough, uh, uh, but he's turned into quite a big player. How do you deal? Well, I guess he's defense now, but he used to play forward. I was going to yeah, say, what is uh, it like to, to so. yeah. So I, I was, I was wondering, you know, what it's like to uh, play against uh, somebody like a, a big player, like Mike McKee, how would you move someone that big? You're a big guy yourself, but talking about the battle in front of the net, how do you move those guys? Do you have any strategies without giving away any secrets since you're still playing? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, Mike, Mike is a big, strong, mean guy, and he kind of lets you know when you're there. So you go down on him. And I'm, I'm also a bigger guy, you know, so it's like, you know, I'm, I don't – I move – I probably move better than Mike, but I don't move, you know, well enough to avoid him. So anytime you're, I'm near him, I'm always – you know, if, I, if I'm skating up the ice or whatever, he's there, right? And uh, 
you know, a guy like him, it's just kind of, it's not a whole lot you can do and try to move him. Just try and eliminate, you know, his abilities with his stick or with the puck or, you know, yeah. so be it. So it's, you know, more of a trying to take the skill away from him, I guess, instead of trying to physically, you know, dominate him. We do have um, a good Tulsa listener base because we do have uh, a lot of uh, uh, Tulsa players that do come on, a former. Um, mm-hmm. What can you give us a little bit for the fans about uh, some of the memories you might have for your year and a half in Tulsa? Anything kind of stand out? Maybe anything culture of the locker room or the, the area yeah, was, or the fans. We were actually uh, we were doing pretty well there, and then we kind of. I think we had like a, in December, we had like a little losing streak going on. We lost like 10 in a row or something crazy, but ended up doing well. And Adam Pluskatch was our captain. And, you know, the, like a lot of the guys, they're, you know, great guys. And old, we had a good older group of guys too, you know, Pluskatch was obviously McKee and guys like that. And Steve Canisto as well. And, uh, you know, we were, we were a pretty good team, I'd say. And we get a lot of memories of, uh, you know, being on a bus that broke down and stuff. So, I don't know if guys told you that, but I think the only one we heard was a story back in what 2011, 2012 with the Kessler where it blew up on fire. But do you have a good bus story or that one in particular? Yeah, there was this old red bus we used to take. And but the year before they took it all the time and it would break down on them a lot. But the year I played there, we only took it twice. And it had like an old peeled off Allen American sticker on it. (laughs) You could see like like the that I guess fadedness of it. And we were on our way to Kansas city one time, the bus broke down and that was the first time we took it and it broke down and we were on the side of the road and we ended up not making to the game. And they, they blamed it on the weather, you know, on, on the social media and there was no weather that day. It was like a normal day. And uh, I think we were in Wichita and the guys were like, we're never taking the bus again. You know, we were trying to, you know, it's dangerous, right? And that I think that time the Humboldt Broncos, you know, the year before that was when that whole story happened, right? And we we're in Wichita and they're like, if that red bus shows up, we're not getting on. And the red bus showed up to take us home. And we all sat in the locker room, like, what are we doing? And we ended up getting on it. And we were 20 minutes from Tulsa, the box center. Uh 20 minutes from being there and the bus breaks down. It's like, so those wow. two times we took it. Wow. That's terrible. That is great. Yeah. God, one of the questions I did want to ask while we're still on, on the Tulsa Oilers, um, Adam Pluscatch, and he's been the captain. He's at least been on the Tulsa Oilers for over a decade now, I think. If I look that but he's not playing this year. He's not. I think he retired, didn't he? Yeah, I think he retired. I thought he year. I thought he started playing this year. A little no, bit. he didn't. He retired. I okay. think he was supposed to. He was signed and then ended up just it. Yeah. I know he was at training camp, but maybe he didn't start. Well, anyways, now leads into it perfectly. What was it like playing with Adam? For people that don't know, I mean, if you're from Tulsa, you know, he's just one of those captains. He's played in the ECHL. He was like probably retired at what, near 40 now. What is it like to have an older player with that leadership in a locker room like the ECHL, you know, where people are constantly moving? You know, you might play one game and you're gone. How did he – create a culture in there because you could tell with him and, and Murray that they've created something in Tulsa now in that locker room. Yeah. Plus Gash was awesome. He was uh um obviously he was our captain. He was a well respected guy. You know, he didn't say a whole lot, but you know he's he's a man's man, that's for sure. Um 
he, uh, you know, he's kind of an old school guy too, in terms of his playing doesn't look the greatest, but somehow he puts 40 goals in, in the net every year. Right. So it's like, yeah. like, how is this guy still doing? It's nuts, but he was a great guy and definitely created a, you know, a, a good culture in that locker room and a winning culture. And he was, you know, the guy that, you know, when he did say something, you listened, right. And it was usually important. And, you know, he was a guy every night finding, finding himself on the scoreboard in some way. Right. So and I, th- I think he's a, he's a plumber or he was a plumber in the summertime yeah. there. So it's like, yeah, he's just a well-respected dude. And, you know, like I said, he was kind of old school guy and, you know, he didn't say a whole lot, but when he did, it, he listened. So. Well, now you've, you've, uh, you're, you're certainly a vet now. You're not as old as, as, as Adam, obviously, yeah. but you're the vet now. Um, what have you seen from your time um, in the East coast league? from when you started till now, any big changes as far as players, quality of players, player attitudes, player attitudes from, you know, if they're coming down from the American league, guys that are going up into the American league, has there been any significant changes that you've noticed? Um, you know, in terms of guys, I would say there's, I think there's more guys that get sent down here from, you know, the American league, whether on American league deal or NHL deal now than they, than they did, you know, five years ago when I first came into the league. Um, I think the league, it continues to get better every year. Uh, this mountain division, you know, so far it's just playing Tulsa and Allen, you know, they're two great teams and, you know, they're at the bottom of our division, right? We're, we're at the top. They're at the bottom. It's like, man, you know, these are, these are good hockey teams. And it's like, you know, it's not, it's not watered down. You know, there's good players everywhere and it's very competitive. And, you know, I, th- I think the league also gets younger every year, you know, younger guys are in here, you know, hungry and, you know, wanting to be better. So it's, you know, especially for my first year in Tulsa, we had some older guys, right. Guys on the way out, you know, now it's like, especially on the team now in Wichita, a lot of young guys, they're hungry to get better and try and move up or, you know, no, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Right. So they're tough, tough, tough question. I mean, navigate this the best that you can since you're still playing. I don't want you to piss anybody off. It's not our our goal here, but you know, we always wonder uh, um, about players that say have an NHL contract that Mm -hmm. end up um, in the ECHL and guys that are the norm stays of the ECHL how do you manage sort of the locker room where these guys might come down? Like they're, they're pissed. They don't want to be sent down. They don't know how long they're going to stay. Some of them might be, uh, I'll just say it more prima donna-ish more, you know, they, they, they think that they, you know, should be at a higher level when they're really not. How does a team navigate that? Cause you guys have that all the time and it's not always yeah. rehab. It's not always rehab. And they probably take all that ice time too. If they're the top yeah. prospect. And the organization's got to play those guys, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, truthfully, I think it's humbling for players. You know, they get sent down to the East Coast Hockey League. You know, a lot of players do come down here and do really well, but a lot, you know, it's it's a hard league to do well. They, they're showing how good this league is, right? And it's like, you know, you're, you're at an opportunity where the, when you're signed to an NHL deal, that means you have an NHL team that thinks you could – potentially play in the NHL one day and that's they're investing in you. And, you know, I think it's more of a, you get sent down to the East coast league. You should be grateful that a team has any sort of 
investment in you because there's a lot of good players in this league that will never get a chance at the higher leagues or never get a chance at the NHL, American League, you know, maybe up and down the American League. But that's, you know, a lot of us, you know, won't get a chance at the NHL, right? So I think guys that get sent down here, it's like, hey, it's, you know, it's time to get your act together a little bit and, you know, realize, be grateful for the opportunity that you have, right? Because a lot of us down here, we're hungry and we're, we're playing for hundreds of dollars a week, right? We're not making a lot of money. You know, it's like we don't get that opportunity that they get, you know, just because they're signed to a deal or whatever. So, right. And so, do you ever have to um, sit maybe a, a young kid that's you know, 19 that signed a, a, an American League or even NHL deal, but they, you know, they're placed in here? Like, I remember the um, in Tulsa, I don't, I don't think it was the time that you're in Tulsa, but I remember that Bennington of St. Louis, when Tulsa was affiliated with them, they wanted to send him down just for a little bit because he was so young. He was inconsistent as a goalie and they wanted, they wanted murder to kind of give him time. And he refused to do it. Like he just flat out refused to do it for whatever reason. Of course it worked out for him, but Mm -hmm. that's, that really doesn't really happen. Do, Do you ever get some young players where you're now a vet? It's like, you know, look kid, just, relax play your game here learn you just join a pro league you're not going to play in the nhl you might not play in the, in the american league right away yeah yeah i mean i just try and tell guys to you know stay positive and you know my roommate is billy constantino he's a young guy he's on american league deal and i'll try and tell him you know hey like if he's frustrated like try and have a positive attitude because it's only going to help you out right you know if things aren't going your way like billy's an awesome player but if things aren't going your way you know, try and be positive and try and just keep moving forward because that's really all you can control, right? You can't always control, you know, things outside of your approach to, you know, whatever's going on. So it seems to me, though, that, um, you know, everybody kind of talks about the East Coast League, even though it's sort of a double A, right, of, of the hockey. But now there's, like you talked about, they've elevated the talent of, of the, of the, of the league. I mean, it's really competitive. It's excellent hockey. And now you've got other, I won't call them minor leagues below that, but that's what it is. You have now all these other leagues where these guys are, are trying to break in and they may not even make it to the East coast league. Yeah. The East coast league is, it's a hard league to make it. And it's like, you you got a lot of college guys that are like her or junior guys. I was one of them. Right that say, oh, I'll never play in the East Coast Hockey League or whatever. And sure enough, you know, a lot of them don't even make the team in the East Coast Hockey League. So it's a it's a very, very tough league to make as it is. And, you know, like I said before, you know, guys at the American League, you know, they sh- you know, just to have an opportunity to be there, you should be grateful and appreciative because every year new guys are coming into the American League, you know, whether it's junior guys or college guys that are freshly signed, you know, they're coming into the American League and you get – three years on your NHL deal. And then it's like, you know, you got three years to prove something or else you're, you know, come right down here to the East coast league or go to Europe or whatever. So. So during 2020, when the pandemic starts to happen, seasons canceling and now the unknown, especially for, you know, pro athlete, just in general, I'm sure so many things are up in the air. So what was it like for you as a pro player to deal with the complications regarding the pandemic? Not sure where you're going to play, what's going to happen next. How did you deal with it mentally? And what did you do during that time to ensure you still had a job? Um, well, taking it back a little bit, uh, 
that 2019, 2020 year, I actually missed my whole second year. I was dealing with uh, some, you know, reproductive injury issues and, you know, I was coming, you know, on the way to come back to play and then COVID um, or, or not reproductive, re reoccurring injury issues. And mm. I was coming back to play and then COVID, I guess the world stopped, you know, just randomly and, and shut down. So it was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise for me because I got a little more time to kind of, you know, heal and get myself ready. Uh, but during those times, obviously, you know, you had everything was shut down. Right. And I was, my dad owns a construction company. So I was doing construction. Uh, me and my brother were, um, we're doing that cause it was essential, you know, it was essential business or essential work or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we, we still got to, I guess, do something, you know, we were working, making money and we were saving up money because in Florida, you know, most stuff was open. Guys were skating down there. So in July, we went down to Florida and spent, you know, about two months there to try and train and get ready for the year. And we spent our two months there. My brother went off. The USHL was playing. He, uh, you know, went to the USHL to play. And then I was still waiting. I was signed in Kalamazoo and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was still working construction. Um, I was thinking, you know, season I'm going to start. We, you know, we were told it was going to start up at a normal time. They kept pushing it back pushing it back and then at christmas time kalamazoo was like hey you know we're gonna i guess cancel the season like you know over half the league did that and uh so then i went down to huntsville and played in the uh sphl uh because i guess the coach in kalamazoo knew the coach in huntsville really well he's like it's a great spot to go and i didn't play the year before and i was like i need to play so i went to huntsville played there i got called up to south carolina and just that little stint I had in South Carolina, um, I played six games and then I had a bad high ankle sprain, but the league was, was incredibly good. And it was filled with American league players. And, you know, it was, the ECHL was a great league that year. You know, it's a great league now, but it was even better you know, during that, that COVID year. So I got to witness that. And then, you know, obviously last year came and, you know, that, that ended, you know, went into last year or whatever. So. Yeah. So you, you do mention that a lot of uh, American and, and East Coast players end up um, over in Europe. We're pretty tied into uh, the UK, the elite league over there. Okay. And, and it seems like there's a huge pipeline um, from uh, coaches and GMs over in the UK to a lot of the East Coast, uh, particularly uh, Tulsa and uh, the Mavericks, Kansas City. Were you ever approached? Was there ever a, a a point where you might have said, "Yeah, maybe I'll go over there." It's a, it's it's more money. Uh, the league might be a little bit better or on par with the ECHL. Is that ever a thought to you, or is it like I'm not going anywhere, man? Or even um, if it's EIHL, just any other league, right? Yeah, it's it's a thought. I mean, obviously the money is one thing. Um, that plays a big factor, and I know over there they don't play as hard of a schedule as we do, so it's a little easier on the body, especially as you get older. But, you know, for me, I got a, I've got a girlfriend, you know, here and or not in Wichita, but in, back in Virginia Beach. And, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm weary about going over there. I've heard guys like it. I've heard guys don't like it. You know, I'm a pretty proud American. So, like, I don't know if I like it. Right. So, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, is, is, is the extra, you know, a little bit of money, is, is it worth it to me? Right. So and I'm, I'm actually in the process of trying to get, you know, a business going for myself in the summertime. And then, you know, so when I'm done playing, I have something I can go right into. Yeah. So it's, there's, there's a lot more factors to me than just, you know, 
playing hockey in Europe or going over to experience it. Right. So. So I do want to uh, send some Wichita love here and you guys are, 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 I don't want to jinx anything, but you guys, like you said, you having a good season. What's it like playing in, in Wichita? Uh, it's been good so far. I mean, I really like uh, the coach here, Bruce Ramsey. He's a kind of an old school guy with a new school mindset on him. You know, he understands where the game's going and it's nice to play for a guy that kind of, you know, he sees where the game's at. And I think that's, you know, makes a lot more fun for the players and, you know, it makes it, you know, just playing and, and going out there and competing every day. It makes it fun. And, uh, you know, we have a very skilled team here. We got a lot of rookies, but, you know, it's a skilled, skilled hockey team. You know, we got a lot of talent here and, you know, we're still kind of finding our way. You know, we're, we had a good start, which is, you know, great for us, but, you know, it's, you play 72 games, right? A good start doesn't mean anything in April, you know, so it's you got to continue to play well throughout the year. And I think that's, that's kind of the goal, the mindset that we have and our coaching staff has too. So. So I, we want to finish with our, our lightning round and this is, we're going to, we're going to find out um, a little bit more about you. And if you've got a story you can share, if it's just a, a quick name to one of these questions, that's fine too. We call it the lightning round. It's fast questions. Mostly. Yeah. We're going to make you think, try oh, not oh. to pass every, there's a lot of players that go, Oh, I don't know. Pass. Try not to pass. At least make something up. Yeah, make and then, something and then up. say, yeah, never mind. All right, go ahead. Uh, Andrew. Who who is or was the toughest goalie to score on in your career so far? All the way from the OHL, or at least seen. I know you're a defenseman, but just a all the way. Um, I had a tough time on Tulsa's. I, I think Tulsa's got a goalie signed to an NHL deal right now. Maybe I think. Okay. Yeah, he, he played when we were in Tulsa last week, and I. Th- Threw a few at him, and I had a tough time, you know, just getting anything on him. So I'll say, is him. it is it, is it is it finding is it finding a hole to to shoot a pass, or is it just he's so fast, quick side to side, or a glove, or what? I just I just think he's he just he's just fast thinks. and he can make the saves, right? A lot of goalies in, in a game, the game's different than practice, right? So it's like there's a lot going on in a game, and goalies can't. Make, this guy just now throwing, you know, just hammering some bombs at him, and he's stopping everything. So wow. Um, any pregame superstitions or rituals that you do? Uh, too many. One I've been doing, not, I, I call this ritual, I get in the ice bath before the game, the full body dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Which arena has had the worst ice conditions so far? And don't say Wichita because everybody says Wichita. Since you're there. Or Florida too. They, they say Everblades is pretty bad too. Yeah. Are you saying this this so far this season or in no, season? like basically your whole career, maybe other than junior. Do you want to? Well, yeah. Well, let's say East coast teams. Yeah. East All coast. Right, we'll say East coast teams. Um, I think Florida, South Carolina and Greenville, their ice is terrible. Okay. That's for some Tulsa team. and which Wichita is terrible too, but Tulsa we played on after like, it was like two college games last week or something. So it was bad. Well, and don't forget, too, at Tulsa, the ice might be fine, but the damn boards can't oh, be repaired yeah. by those guys. The, the boards fall apart in Tulsa every game I play in there. Does that, does that kill the, the the mood for the game? Like your guys it's awful. Even oh. when you have a bunch of penalties, it's awful. Like early in the game, because you're just like sitting there like, you know, if you're not on the power play, you're like, gotta, you know, you got to wait and like get your shifts. It's like you want to get into the game and play. You, you know, playing five on five is the best way to start a game, right? You play five on five for the first period or something. It's like that's how you get into the game. You have all these, like, even the TV timeouts can drag on. So, the toughest player 
that you've had to play against? And I guess, do you want to make this more physical? Then we'll ask the other one. I guess do one that's physical. Who's the toughest guy you've had to play against? Maybe the toughest guy you fought if you've had yeah. a fighting major or two, we always say for forwards, who's the toughest defenseman who just would move you out of the way. Or I guess who was, who's probably the more toughest power forward, just a guy you don't want to go up against the boards with. Um, In terms of like all around, if you skills and power forward, I would say Logan Nelson on, Rapid City, you know, he comes off as a skill guy, but he absolutely hammers guys. Like when he comes to hit you, you know, he'll throw the puck in and hammer you. And he's got incredible skill. Um, I played against him a, a few times last year when Rapid City came to Norfolk. Then I ended up get, getting traded to Rapid City. But I was like, this guy is legit. And he would hit, he fights, he does it all. You know, in, in terms of all around player, he's the hardest guy I played against. Who's, was there any forward that, you just can't – you couldn't move in front of the net. I mean, you're a big guy. I'm a big guy. I mean, you know, there's obviously, you know, some tough guys, you know, pretty tough guys in the league. But in terms of, like, you know, I would – you know, in that power forward kind of – Yeah, you know, strong. Just net, strong. Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Um, there's – I don't know. I, that's okay. That's fair. You're such a big guy. I'm sure that you don't. Yeah, like, I don't have problems, guys. Jeez. What's the most embarrassing thing to happen to you during a game or warm up? Yeah. Anything. Um. Obviously, falling in warm ups is the worst. Like if you, yeah. step on, like step on a puck or something. And juniors, one time, I was wheeling around in warm ups, and the goalie like skated in front of me. I tried to dodge him, and I like fell. And I was getting up. I like slid into the boards, and I was getting up, and a puck missed the net and hit the glass and hit me right in the mouth. And I had to get my teeth sealed back in and I was bleeding everywhere. I was like, Oh my gosh. And my parents were in town for that too. And <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hey, do you, uh, on any team, is it still standard practice that if you, uh, if you trip or fall over the blue line during warmups, you get to pay some money. Um, usually that's like in a game. If you, if you fall, you owe, you know, owe a case of beer or, you know, 25 bucks from the board or whatever. Um, not necessarily in practice. I know I've skated with some junior teams before our season starts. So like back in Virginia beach, the Hampton roads, whalers, if someone like take, they call it taking a digger or whatever. Like if you like fall and in, in practice, you know, you owe whatever on the, you know, to the fine jar or whatever. And everyone, you know, they get, you know, they, they like memorize the time, you know, where you fell, how you fell. <laughs> <laughs> more junior stuff you know so it's pretty funny so i know this is a broad question but just what has been the most fond memory of your hockey career so far just any memory um i would say my last year in the ohl me and my brother got to play against each other quite yeah, a bit and that, that's pretty cool you know and i'm hoping i can stick it out you know and maybe play play a year with him pro or a couple years so That'd be, you know, that'd be the dream. Um, also playing with Chris Ordabody last year, nothing can com compare with that. You know, he came in in Norfolk. I'd signed in Norfolk and I lived in Virginia Beach in the summer. Um, I'm not from there. I'm from Powhatan, Virginia, but my stepdad's from Virginia Beach. And so I spent a lot of time in Virginia Beach in the summer times with parents at a house there. When I signed there, I'm like going there. And Chris, he bought a one-way ticket to Norfolk. He would go out there and skate with the coach, Ryan McGinnis, um, or the assistant coach. 
we come out there and he's like, he's like, I am getting a contract. Sure enough, he got invited to camp, signed a contract. So it was a, it's a pretty neat little thing we did there. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Nice. We will say goodbye off air, but officially we can't thank you for being so uh, gracious with your time with us. And uh, man, we certainly appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you. Yeah. Thanks Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us.